today on The Breakdown. It's another Live at the Bike Can with two-time WPT champ Art Papazian. And once again, he's flopped a set. But this flop is cooler than being cool because someone else has flopped a set too. And there's going to be some tough decisions down the line. Can someone get away from this cooler? We're going to take it apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. There's a couple of key questions that we can ask ourselves during this hand. There's some fundamentals here. Question one, how can we get paid when we flop a set of aces on a dry board? That's an interesting question because it's hard to get paid in that situation, especially heads up. No doubt. Uh, Second question, how can we get paid with quads? That's a later question that happens and a question that many people struggle to answer because it's so hard to have quads. So you don't really know how to do it when you have them. Yep. You know what I mean? I do. I completely know what you mean. And I mean, maybe, maybe there's, there's a second question here, too, or a third question, perhaps, which is about um, what's good enough? You know, there's like when someone, because someone in this, in this hand is going to have quads and they're going to be looking to get all the chips in. And so on the river, they're not going to stop taking aggressive actions, of course. They're going to do as many aggressive actions as they sure. possibly can. Um, so when you, you're the guy who doesn't have quads, how good does your hand have to be when you're facing like not just one aggressive action, but multiple aggressive actions from the same player? And it, it, I think it's an interesting question, and it can be hard to answer. I know we sometimes you know, fall back on distribution and things like that, but, but I, I think it's an, an interesting thing to explore. Well, good. I'm excited to explore it. Together. We've done a lot more Art Papazian hands than I would have ever expected. This is like the third or fourth is Art Papazian. The third? We, well, we had him folding the set of sixes. What else? There was definitely another one. Oh, the one where the oh, yeah, he, he makes guy a check, set of, check back queens on the Yeah, on he the makes river. a set of tens on the river. He always yeah. has sets. Yeah. Always. Always. Maybe that's how he won two WPTs in 2017. It's a good way to do it. Just make sets. Make sets and only fold them sometimes. Yeah. Only sometimes. I guess we've seen a lot of WPT set folding recently. There is, of course, the famous set fold by Ian Steinman that we just did on Thursday. Yes. That that, that lit the world on fire. It lit our Twitter feed on fire. Yeah. Sorry if you suggested it after we actually recorded the episode, but you're done. Too late. I mean, it's okay. You'll make it on the video. I guess you will. It's pretty good. Yeah, the video is where you get famous. If you suggest yeah. a hand for the breakdown, which of course you should do at two poker guys, number two poker guys, um, you should definitely suggest because if you get your name on the video, somebody from Hollywood might see that, you know, I mean, might be your big break. We have some famous people who follow us these days. Also famous poker players, famous non-poker players. That's right. We have a famous uh, chef, famous screenwriter, famous Hollywood screenwriter. True. And not just famous, by the way, the guy who wrote Rounders. I mean, come on. Brian yeah, Coleman. that's that's less of an endorsement since oh. he wrote Rounders and it's a poker channel. Uh, but but he's a screenwriter too. Yeah, just just you know, can't you just be supportive sometimes? I am. This being... is this was your this was a great opportunity for you to really just get behind what I was saying. No, not this time. <laughs> I have to make you better before I can support you. Oh, that's you know what that's what my mom said to me, and look what happened. I know. Yeah, look what happened. <laughs> It's real bad. It's real bad, but we're going to move on. All right. Well, we're going to have one player who finds themselves in a real bad spot in this hand. Is Art Papazian going to fold another set? I don't know. Is it possible that he could fold two sets on the breakdown? It's so hard to do, although everyone apparently always folds sets whenever we do a breakdown now. like That's all we do. People folding it's sets. It's crazy. The la- like, if you listen to the last, I would say, three months of podcasts, 
probably 75% of them involve someone folding a set at this point. Well, those are always interesting decisions. You know, that's why we end up picking them. And that's why people suggest that. But it's crazy too. Calacanis folds a set. Papazian folds a set. Tony G folds a set. Steinman folds a set. There's more. There's other ones. Yeah. There's more. I mean, it's just nuts. Anyway. Anyway. So we'll see if it happens this time. We'll see. People are going to flop sets. Multiple sets will be flopped. All right. Well, places where multiple sets are flopped are, you know, live poker, but also online poker. Yeah. And a place that you can flop multiple sets in one hour, if you're lucky, is Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Nitrogen Sports, where your dreams come to roost. (laughs) That's the new new slogan. I like it a lot. Thanks. Yeah. Did they come up with that or did you? I did. Yeah, it's good. I haven't run it by them yet. I hope they're okay with it. I'm sure they're fine with it. Now, they may not even have time because they're so busy, not just working the poker room, Grant, but also the casino that they have or their sports betting operation that they also have. Of course, people who use the link in the description of this podcast, when they sign up for Nitrogen Sports Poker, get get access to all these things and also get access to our special Poker Guys only tournaments and events we, every, at the end of every month, Grant, we have a great tournament, super low buy-in, like a dollar. It's millibits, of course, but it's 0.1 millibits. And super high prize pool, like, what is it, 100 millibits? Yeah. Yeah, 100 millibits. It's like $1,000, crazy big overlay, free money for all the people. You can't not get involved, you know? But you got to use the link in the description, Grant. You have to use the link or else you're a real piece of crap. Also... What you should do is just check out Nitrogen because they are a legit site. They are Bitcoin only. And that means that they don't have to deal with all of the fiat transactional stuff, but also they don't even impose any self-imposed transactional things. Okay. I'm just going to come in and interpret all those words you just said. So when he said fiat transactional stuff with (laughs) you non-crypto heads out there, what he means is when you normally try and withdraw money from a casino or an online poker room or anything like that, it takes a long time. It takes days, sometimes weeks um, to get it out because they process it and they take forever to pay you and it sucks. And this is not the case here. You just have your Bitcoin wallet, which is on their site. I mean, you just send it to yourself and it takes no time at all. It takes yeah. the time of Bitcoin, which is like 10, 10 minutes usually these yeah. days. Yeah. So that's a really nice feature. Obviously, you should check it out. You should check out the poker room just because it's a nice poker room. It's yeah. good software. Nice, clean poker guys play there. Get over there. That's it. Get you some roosted dreams. Yes. Roost the dreams. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. All right. So let's get to the hand here. Um, it's going to start with Clayton, who in this 50, 100, 200 game has 47K in front of him. Mm-hmm. Cash game, of course. He has two fours under the gun, uh, two black fours, makes it 600. Cool. Cool. So far, nothing to break down. Nope. I mean, that's a pretty loose open under the gun, but I guess he's deep. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. It's, I, I wouldn't do it, but whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Art Papazian, the hero of set folding, incorrectly, uh, is in the big <laughs> blind. That's right. He has two aces. It's a good hand. It's a good hand. It's interesting spot, though, because under the gun raise. So that's the strongest opening range you're going to find. Obviously, Clayton's range is a bit wider than most under the gun. But when you have aces in the big blind against a thinking player, should you ever three bet? Here, like, did you ever three bet the big blind against the under the gun razor in a deep stack cash game? Well, this is a little bit different. There's also a straddle that changes a little bit. True. Gives them a better price. Also, this way, we're not going to be out of position against two players. Straddle's going to call so often if we call. Yeah. I think we have to, I think we really have to three bet. Okay. That's a good point. I, was, thinking I wasn't player. thinking about that. Yeah. Um, it gives them, it gives the thinking better a better price. Plus, you have their under the gun range. I like three betting here for sure. I understand what you're bringing up, but also because we're relatively deep. We want to try and set up a spot where we can play for stacks if, we, if you know, things go well 
on the board. I agree with all of those things, but let's forget about the real situation for a second okay. and talk about the situation that I thought cool. was happening. Yeah. Which, which <laughs> Speaking is of like, thinking players. Yeah. yeah. Which is Papazian <laughs> being in the big blind with nobody else to act behind him when under the gun has opened like directly to your left and you have aces and they're, they're a thinking player and you're super deep. Like, do you have a three betting range there or should you not? Because it's their strongest range and it seems crazy strong to three bet there. The problem is it's hard to have very many bluffs, right? Yeah. You can have like your, I guess you can have the same bluffs as you normally might have like ace wheel suited bluffs, but it's just mm-hmm. weird to three bet. Too those. many. Yeah. Because you're not going to, you're not going to three bet a lot of other hands that you might consider three betting. Right. In, like in you're going to, th- are you going to three bet jacks there? Like almost never. I don't, I wouldn't want yeah. to do that almost ever. It, I guess sometimes you're going to be... It depends on your opponent, of course, but you're saying a thinking player, which means they're pretty good. They have reasonable ranges, all these things. I don't really like three-betting jacks. But if you get to... If you have kings, you're just not going to three-bet ever. That seems wrong. Also, it it just seems wrong that you're just never going to three-bet, especially when you're deep. Like, deep is a good reason to three-bet really big hands. Yeah, but what are your... You have to have bluffs then. Yeah, but you just don't have to... Since your three-betting range is going to be pretty tiny, you don't have to have very many bluffs. So your three-betting range is just aces and kings for value? Maybe queen sometimes, maybe ace king sometimes. Yeah, that, I think that would be it. I think you're going like super tight, and but then you can have a few suited aces, but probably don't need very many. Honestly, just having ace king in there, while that isn't a bluff, it's not like it plays super well post flop, you know. Which is actually one reason to, to re-raise, honestly. I guess, but like, what if you get four bet? You're just going to fold ace king, I guess. Um, you pr- if it's a thinking player, you probably should fold ace king. Yeah, when the under the gun raiser is four betting four your bet. big blind three bet, like he shouldn't shouldn't have queens there, right? Yeah, I mean, if we look at the range we just came up with for what we'd be three betting, he really shouldn't have queens. Yeah, you just don't see many many spots where under the gun opens and the big blind three bets. It's just not something you see. I agree. I agree. So, so it's really not something I've ever really thought about. You know, I mean, I think it's okay to do things like call with queens in the big blind. And stuff like yeah. that. I certainly do that sometimes. Um, but I think it's really okay. I mean, I mean, the thing is this, like in some ways you don't want to be so in some ways exploitable that you, the guy gets to sort of like never get three bet. But if he's opening from under the gun, he's got to worry about the whole table, not just you. It's like he's opening the button and you're letting him get away with stuff. Yeah. So that goes to your point of like, you don't have to three bet very much at all there. Yeah. I mean, to give an example, like I rarely am, in the big blind with aces against a good player opening under the gun. It's happened to me plenty of times right. when it's not a good player. Sure. And I always three bet because it's like easy because yeah. they aren't really thinking about it. But there was a time, I think it's like three years ago now. I remember it specifically. I was playing just a small local tournament against one of the other good players in the tournament. And he opened uh, from relatively early position. It wasn't under the gun. But I had aces in the big blind and, you know, we were like 50 blinds effective. And I three bet because, you know, I was just like, I mean, he's going to call, right? He's mm-hmm. early position. He's going to call. And it was a nine high flop, and I bet, and he folded Queen's face up. Wow. Because, like... That's crazy. Because he understood that situation. This is why you have to have Ace-King in yeah. there. Yeah. Ace-King makes it all work, right? Because that way you have 18, 16 combos of Ace-King and 18 combos of the other big three pairs. Now, they may block stuff, but assuming, you know, with, without yeah. that in mind. So now you see bet that board, and it's not automatic for him to fold Queen's. In fact, it's... It's a really tough spot, right? Queens, instead of like, well, I just throw it away. Yeah. So he was basically set mining immediately because, well, because this of is, that situation. This is the reason to three bet, though, right? Is yeah. like their under the gun range is usually so strong. Like, what are they gonna? What are they gonna fold? Assuming they have a reasonable under the gun range, which they do. They're a thinking player, right? But I'm saying fifty blinds effective. I might maybe could have gotten it all in on the flop if I check raised the flop, having called pre instead of right. playing it that way. Right. That's fair. Fifty blinds effective, but. 
But like, if it's against a thinking player, what's going to happen? You're gonna, if you just call, they're going to see bet the flop. You're going to call a lot. You're not going to raise very often, right? I mean, there's certain flops you could decide to raise. I might have check raise on the nine high flop against yeah. this guy. I mean, like if four or five, five, you might yeah. check raise flops like that and hope yeah. they have the overpair and then they're in a weird spot. That's true. That is true, actually. You can get them in some weird, weird positions there. I just like... Uh, it also sucks just to be out of position where sometimes, you know, the worst thing is to flat with aces and then they just check back the flop and then they check back the yeah. turn, which I've definitely had happen. And you're like, ugh. And it's like, how are you not C-betting or at any point? Like, come on, man. They just don't. Yeah, I agree. So there's all these problems. I don't know. I mean, I, I like, I think you ha- I think you should have a four betting, a three betting range from the, uh, from the big blind. And you don't, by the way, you don't have to three bet all of those hands. Like we're right. saying aces, kings, queens, ace, king. You could three bet half of all of them. Right. And that would just sort of handle like black, not black. I guess that's, that would be two thirds, but you could say like half the ace kings or all the ace kings that aren't suited or something like that. So it gets you 12 of those. And then you do something like the offsuit big pocket pairs, which gets you, I think that's 12 and 12 actually. All it? big pocket pairs are offsuit. I'm sorry. <laughs> off color. Off color. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Multicolor yeah. pocket pairs. Right, because then that gets us four combos of the off-color pocket pairs, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's good. So that gets us 12 and 12, so then we're perfectly balanced in terms yeah. of us having a huge, huge hand on certain flops and us having on a nine-high flop that we're probably just not going to fold very often. Anyway, that's, that's a thought. All right. Well, little tangent. It doesn't come up very often, like you said. Little tangent there. That's not the situation that Art's in, because as Jonathan pointed out, there is the straddle behind him to act. It's different. It's like he's in the small blind instead of the big blind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's very different. Um, so Art does make it 2,400 over the 600 open with four fours for Clayton. Um, Art with the ace of diamonds and ace of clubs. And the effective stack is Art, who has about 27K. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Clayton calls, because it's time to set mine. Yeah. I mean, it just is. And you said 27K is the effective stack? Yeah. Yep. It's just time to set mine. You know, cool. I guess there are certain boards where we don't have to hit a set and we could still continue, but not too many. Yeah. If we flop an open ender or maybe certain gut shots. Yeah, exactly. Low board with yeah. a gut shot and you can call once and hope he checks the turn. Yeah. Yeah. But mostly we're just folding the flop. Yep. And it, that we've all been in that situation many times. And it doesn't feel great unless you actually flop the set. No, it's one of the set mining is one of the most fr- like clear set mining spots is one of the most frustrating things in poker because as a player who understands the math of poker, you know when you have the right implied odds to do it and you have to do it. But it still is like I'm losing this money every time. It feels like, you know, I know, man. I mean, I feel that so often in tournaments nowadays where like yeah. you get three bet and they just they threw it to, to such a size that you're just forced to call with like most of your range, even like the kind of crappier parts of your range. Yeah. Where it's like, this is just good enough. I'm getting such a good price. I'm in position. I can outplay you maybe, blah, blah, blah. I'm just forced. I'm supposed to call and you call. And you're like, but I may be setting these chips on fire. Yep. You know? And then you're like, and they're always C-betting, so I can't act like they're going to check the flop. I have to understand that's part of... So then I may have to not fold on a lot of flops sometimes, you know? And that's part of it too. And like, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a recipe for like high variance anyway. Not yeah. necessarily a disaster, but high variance. Well, speaking of disaster, with 5,050 in the pot, going to the flop, the flop is Ace of Spades. So Art flops a set. We, we did promote that. Yeah. Seven of Hearts, four of Diamonds. So Clayton also flops a set. Yeah. It then shouldn't, be, said, a, shouldn't be a big surprise to people who've been listening to this podcast. Yeah. Since I did mention that in the opening multiple times. But still. People have short memories. It's true. Like and you. When's, what's the last thing you remember? What? Um... A dark, a darkness. Yeah. 
<laughs> there you go. <laughs> a darkness. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Um, so, yeah, this is a very dry board, unless yeah. somehow Clayton has five, six suited for the open ender, but that's rare. Like, I mean, it's possible. He did open fours. So he can have yeah. it, but whatever. Yeah, it's so super dry. So what do you want to do as Art Papazian now? You just flop top set where your opponent can't have overs to your set. They can't have a pair higher than your set. Yeah. And it's super dry board. There's like only one ace left. One, one ace left, yeah. You're just praying they have that ace, or if you're super lucky, they have Clayton's hand. Right. So what do you do? Okay, we got two competing factors here, right? We have the wanting to build a pot so we can get all the money factor, which would say you should be betting. And yes. then the other side of it is we are crushing the heck out of this board factor. And the board is also scary in a lot of ways. If Clayton has two tens, he's probably just going to fold if we bet, right? Probably. So even if he thinks like, well, maybe sometimes Art has queens, but like, and he doesn't like it either, but it's still better than me. Like, I'm really not beating anything. Yeah. Art bets here. So I could, unless I want to make a big play and hope it all works out. This, by the way, this goes to a, a question I have. Um, not for you, but something I've been thinking about, which is when you three bet and it's an ace high board and a, dr- a relatively dry board like this, should you ever see bet? That I'm wondering is, if you should never see bet. Well, it depends on Art's range here, I think. Like, okay. He probably has ace king because he's effectively the small blind. Yeah, I think he does. But he might not three bet ace queen, right? Mm-hmm. He probably just flats ace queen. I think you're right. So that's the only lone ace in his range. Right. Is the ace king. I suppose he still has more combos of like strong value on this board than he does of bluffs. Because if he if his pairs go down to jacks, let's say, then he's got eighteen combos of like not bluffs but hands that don't like this. You know the jacks, queens, and kings, mm-hmm. and he's got well, it's fifteen combos of hands that really do like this flop with trip aces and or set of aces and ace king. Yeah. So I guess he's slightly weighted towards not liking the flop, but not a lot. But when you take that, which I don't, this, I think that's pretty good analysis, right? But when you take that and you add in the fact that when we do continue, what we fold out on this board after we've ta- after we've three bet from the small blind effect or the big blind, it's like so hard to get. If you have ace king, it's so hard to get paid here. Well, it's interesting. I always think about this when I have ace king in this spot. Yeah, it's a lot different than aces because with ace king, a lot of my opponent's range, if it gets there, is beating me, like. They either flop a second pair mm-hmm. with their ace, or they and they, they would set. and they would have called with that, which is great. Yeah. Um, but the hands they wouldn't have called with that we bet they make a set with when they improve. So right. it's like we're not going to get value at all. We're only going to value ourselves by checking. Well, except if we bet and they fold on the flop, but we check and they check it back, and then we bet the turn and they call. Now we're getting value, right? True. If they decide that's because it looks like take. we're afraid of the ace now. Yeah, but if they have tens, we still have kings, probably queens, and matter. jacks you all know, the time. Tens, we probably can't get get value from either way. Yeah, right? but like queens, queens may feel really obligated to call on the turn. Now queens may call once on the flop anyway. Yeah, and in fact, if we go if we check the flop and he he checks it back, we bet the turn and bet river. Queens should hate the river. Spot yeah, and and really want to fold, right? Right. Um. So maybe it doesn't matter, but I just feel like so often in these spots, like an ace flops, like what should I be betting with here? Like I, if I had Kings, I would check. Yeah. If I had Queens, I would check. If I had, if I had a big pocket pair, I would check. It doesn't seem like there's much value in betting. If I bet, I assume he's usually going to fold. So he's going to fold worse hands and call with better hands. Right, right. Exactly. You know, so it just seems like what's the value, but it's weird because in some ways this feels like if I had garbage, I would feel obligated to bet. Right, but you never have garbage in this position. Right. 
That's true. And by the way, even if we decide I've got a some other light hands, they're probably suited aces, which means I flop top pair and I would check. Yeah. So like, it's weird. But that but you should only do this against good players. And who's not thinking about this is just going to fold because they see an ace. Right. And I want to make something clear here because this is something that comes up with coaching clients sometimes where we're talking about a situation where there's a three bet and mm. the client eventually kind of forgets the positions that we're talking about and how important that is to the ranges. Like this is not the case when we're talking like a cutoff to button three of bet course. situation. It's a of very course. different situation where like both ranges are way wider and the situation is completely different. Right. I mean, yeah. what is art supposed to hope for here? If he bets with, he's hoping for pocket sevens, pocket fours, ace king, and maybe ace queen, maybe ace jack suited. I yeah. mean, there's very little there. And he, he's crushing the board such that ace queen, ace jack, suited ace king aren't very there are very few combos of those there's one ace left yeah so it's just like there's not much out there in the world that can call me there's one combo of ace jack suited there's right uh there's four combos of ace queen and four combos of ace king yeah that's it that's it so cool there's nine combos of that and then there's six combos of these sets yeah so there's 15 combos total of things that should comfortably call Maybe he can call with kings and queens once, but we can get value on that later anyway. And by the way, he's going to four bet those sometimes. He's going to four bet those. And by the way, we, we hope to get like, we hope we give him a chance to catch up with those hands. Like let him turn a king for crying out loud. That would be great. Let him improve. You right. Know? But that's the problem with ace king. Like I'm saying like, yeah, that when you have ace king in this spot specifically, it becomes an extra weird spot versus yeah. aces where you're like, you're comfortable almost no matter what comes out mm-hmm. later. But with ace king, if you check here to kind of trap and then a nine comes on the turn and you bet and they raise, you're like, well, yeah, what? Not super great. I, uh, okay. I check the flop. Does that mean they think I'm weak? Yeah. Do they think I have jacks and now they're trying to move me off it or what's going? Yeah. You could, you could talk yourself into some weird stuff. Yeah. So that's the problem with checking, but I do think the value of checking outweighs the problem of checking with the 12 ace king combos that you have mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Because the real, the only problem is the ace king combos that you have here. Right. For, for checking. Right. But because I, I, yeah, I think it's mostly just a checkboard for your range here. It just is, it's just strange that you would three bet, and this seems like the kind of board that would be good, and then maybe it isn't so good. Yeah. Like, are we saying like a really good board for our range here is more like four, five, five? Because now we, all, we have all big over pairs. Yeah. They're less likely to have them because they didn't four bet. Right. And yeah. So then we can bet ace king and we bet our over pairs and that's fine. Yeah. We'll balance that way and it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It seems better. It does. And we're actually comfortable checking ace king anyway, even though once in a while we get in a weird spot. Yeah. Yeah. It's way better to flop a set that's not top set. I mean, just flopping a set is so good. Yeah. I agree. That's the problem everyone wants to have is flopping Unless a set. you're Clayton. Right. It's not so good. Not as good for Clayton, because Clayton, as in case people don't remember, has a set of fours. Papazian's yep. got a set of aces, and this pot's kind of big already. It's what, 5,500 or something? 5,050? Something like that. Uh, 5,050 is correct. Yeah. All right, yeah, and it's a 7-4 rainbow, by the way. So right. Art does decide to check. It's reasonable. I mean, it's tough to build up a big pot when you check, but it is reasonable. I agree. Um, it's going to so- look really strong later when we show aggressive action, too. Now the question for Clayton is, should he bet now? He right. has a set. Art has checked. Right. But if Art has a range like we've constructed, which I imagine he does. Yeah. I don't think he can fold for one bet, at least if it's a reasonable bet. I agree. With like Queens plus here. I agree completely. And he's definitely not folding Ace King, obviously. I think we're supposed to bet, even yeah. though sometimes he just folds. Right. And so Clayton does decide to bet, and I like that decision. Yep. And I think I like his sizing, too. He bets 1,500 into 5,050. I think... He's trying to ensure that like Jack's plus call. Jack's are just like, it's almost transparent what's going on, but they still feel like they have to call. Yeah. 
because it's so cheap. It's like, I can't let this guy win for this much. Right, like, right. no way, buddy. Yeah. No way. So this is good. So we get to build the pot. Clayton goes down to like having 25K left, and the pot is now going to have like 8,000, and it means we can definitely get it all in if we want to Well, down the road. What should we do as art? Well, now that, yeah, art actually, of course, it turns out Clayton shouldn't want to get it all in, but how can you blame him yeah. right now? Of course he wants to get it all in. What should art do? Well, this is the problem. It's still the problem that we've had. It's like at any point we show strength, it should be terrifying to Clayton. Right. As we know, if we check raised here, it would be very hard for Clayton to find a fold, although he would start getting a little suspicious. He wouldn't love it, but I don't think he can fold. He'd yeah. be like, well, we just have to go with this one, right? But Art probably thinks Clayton has, like, maybe Art's like, oh, I got lucky and Clayton has ace-jack suited here. Right. Like, or Clayton's bluffing, and why would I want to screw either one of those things up? Yeah. Right. Like, if I raise, he's going to fold ace-jack suited. He may fold ace-king if I raise, you know? He may think, like, I'm chopping at best, I fold, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like we can raise his art. I don't think Which so Which is either. kind of the poopy part about this flop and how we have to play it. And being out of position, this is where being out of position sucks. Yeah, it really does. Because, like, if we don't raise here and we check the turn, Clayton can decide. Now, Clayton's probably not going to. He's got fours. He's got a set. But he can decide to check back. If he's got the ace-jack, he's probably going to check it back, and it's hard for us to get a lot of value. Yeah, I imagine he's always checking back ace-jack on the turn if, yeah. if Art calls. Once because we call. Because Art's going to fold two kings or two queens if Clayton well, bets again. Some of the time. At and least. he's certainly going to call with his ace-kings. Yeah. And like we're just so like, well, let's get value on the river. Let's not get value on the yeah. turn. And we can bluff catch the river anyway if, like, clearly we should check the turn as Clayton. If we have ace-jack. Right. Not if we have a set of fours. Not necessarily, yeah. no. Okay, so, so... Art calls, but this is this is another reason just to bet instead of checking, by the way, with this hand. Because you set up... It's really hard to get all the chips in, man. It's just so hard. This, I guess I said this in the beginning. I'm saying it's another reason. It's the same reason. But it's just really hard. It is. It is. All right, so Art does call. Pot's 8,050 heading to the turn. Okay. Uh, you know it, what would it be nice to have 8,050 of? Um, I'm going to go with, and I don't know what you're thinking, but I'm going to go with, and I'm just pulling something out of my, you know, wazoo here, but I'm going to go with Dash Digital Cash. Uh, that's correct. It would be really nice to have oh, 8,050 of those. Let me tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dash Digital Cash is a cryptocurrency, and they sponsor this podcast yes. because it's an excellent cryptocurrency. One of the things they do is they sponsor things. They're cool like that. They are. And that's all about the Dash Treasury, which is something you can learn about by clicking the link to the video we made about Dash in the description of this podcast. We talk a lot about all that type of stuff. It's fun. Yes, it is. It's cool. And you should really learn more about Dash because it is really a neat cryptocurrency and i say neat and i don't say it lightly okay <laughs> no you don't because it no, has you don't. some really interesting things going on one thing we never talk about is private send that's a pretty cool fe- feature for for dash digital cash it is it is it's uh it, it's a feature which basically allows someone to send money to someone else and they mix up all the wallets and stuff like that in such a way that is basically completely untraceable. Let's put the crypto in cryptocurrency, basically. You put the crypto in cryptocurrency. So that's pretty cool. It now, is. Of course, it also has all the instantaneous transactions and the less than one cent fees on the transactions. Oh, don't, don't speak with that sing-songy so voice about those amazing things. <laughs> it takes one to four seconds for me to send Jonathan any amount of Dash or anybody else in the world who has a Dash wallet. I can send them any amount of Dash. It takes one to four seconds. It costs one cent. They can be anywhere. I can do it as many times as I want. It's one cent every time. Yeah. I can send them $40 million. It's fine. I mean, feel free to do that. I wish I had that to send. I'm ready to receive your $40 million. I don't have that yet. Dash. I'm working on that. Okay. I think podcasting is the way to $40 million. <laughs> I think we're, we're almost there. We're halfway home-ish. Yeah. Ish. I mean, halfway is, you know. What is halfway? We're not good at math. What is half? Yeah. What is the half? Anyway, we strongly <laughs> encourage you to check out the video we made about Dash and yeah. just do some more research if you're interested at all in cryptocurrency because Dash is really one of the cool ones. Yep. 
Absolutely. That's that. All right. Let's move on. All right. So we got 8,050 in the pot. And uh, I, you know. We're going to the turn. I, I, go, I went ahead and, and didn't write down the turn card because I'm a genius. Okay. Um, that's okay. It's a queen. It is a queen. That's I right. Remember. It is the queen of diamonds. It brings a second diamond. I remember that. A7, four. The fours of diamonds. Queen comes. Mm-hmm. Queen of diamonds. All right. Yep. We did it. We did it. All right. Art sitting there with a set of aces. What should he do? I mean, he's decided to play it this way, right? It'd be weird to lead now. Yep. We have all the same problems with betting, uh, you know, C betting. Leading is actually looks stronger because now we've called the bet. I think we just have to check. Feels so good to, as st- played. to still have the nuts on the turn, by the way. Yeah. It's cool. It does. Yeah. Not that we'd be, we'd be too worried about any card on the turn. No, but it's like a nice extra little. Yeah. Ah. I agree. Still got the nuts. It's good. <laughs> still got it. Um, yeah, I think checking is the only thing we can do once we've taken the line we've taken. Yeah. Now, we both really liked Clayton's decision, which I'm not going to say what it is yet yeah. uh, on the turn. But what do you think we should do as Clayton here when the queen peels off? The queen is a bit of an awkward card for us, right? Yeah. If we think about Art's range. So Art has, maybe we decide he can still have ace-king. Sure. He can have kings. He can have queens. I don't know if he can have jacks or not. Let's yeah. say he can have jacks. Okay. Cool. If we bet, he's probably going to fold jacks. Yep. And bet, kings. He probably is going to fold kings. He's going to call with ace-king. If he has aces or queens, that's a real problem. It's a real problem. Huge problem. It's going to cost us all the monies, right? Right. Because we're not going to be able to fold. And we might expect that Art, even if he is checking the majority of his three betting range on this flop, if he's going to bet some of it, ace-king is probably the prime candidate to bet. Yep. I agree. Yeah. So so there's less ace-king than the total combos. I, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. And for all those reasons, I think a check is... Definitely the best play, even though it feels like, ah, I want to put more money in, but yeah. I don't feel like, like it's a good idea. You put in money and you get, like, you just feel like it's not game theory disaster, but it's close. And with the implied odds or the reverse implied odds, I should say, um, it just seems like a real problem. Like, it's going to be hard to, to win a huge pot against Ace-King now. Because also, by the way, if he has Ace-King, king, he should be afraid of us having Ace-Queen. Yeah, absolutely. So that's another problem. By the way, if he doesn't, if he has kings he should be afraid of us having queens yep like he should that should be a scary card for him unless it's not scary and then that's a real problem for us yep all of those things you say are true and so i i like a check here too even though it does feel like oh god i'm such a nit blah, now blah, how blah. much does it change it if the turns a deuce if it's not a queen because the queen is definitely an important factor in why checking is good but is checking possibly the best play on almost any turn card i don't think it is i think we should bet again i think we should Okay, I think there's uh, three cards in the deck that are slam dunk bets for us, and that is ace. Any ace. Slam dunk bet for Clayton on the turn. Sure. Yeah, like easy bet, right? Because now Art can call with his kings and queens more easily, and if he has an ace, obviously he's never folding. Yep. Um, what if, so if it's a deuce, you think Clayton should bet? I think we should try and build the pot. Okay, but what about all of the hands Art's going to fold now? I understand, but I hope he has ace king and calls... Yeah, and we run into the same problem that Ace King had on the flop. If we if Ace King chose to check and let the opponent catch up, that if if Art does have Kings, Queens, or Jacks, he might fold the turn. Um, but if we check and let him get there, getting there means he beats us. It may also be hard to get paid on the river, even if we check the yeah. turn. Art's good. Art, by the way, is good and a little tight. A yeah, little careful. I just don't know if he's going to pay us off with Kings, right? Even on the river, maybe he would, but I, I'm not convinced. I would rather just try and build the pot up now. You don't have to bet huge. You can bet small-ish. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to work, but we have a really good hand, and I just 
you know, this is how you make the money, right? You got to put the chips in to make the money. I agree. So yeah. I think we're supposed to bet. Yeah, I think you're right. But I think on uh, any Broadway card, it's like pretty yeah. easy check. I agree. Maybe not a 10, but like. I, I think Jack's Plus yeah. is a pretty clear check. Um, I think we could bet, there's what, 8,000 in there? We could bet like 2,700. We don't have to bet a lot. You mean if the deuce comes? Yeah, if the deuce comes, of yeah. course, yeah. Um, so so to make it at least give him a chance to call yeah. with some of those hands. And if he has ace-king, it's an easy call. If he calls the turn, we can maybe bomb the river a lot. Yeah. And, you know, put him to it. Either call, he's going to call pretty quickly with ace-king or everything else. Maybe he'll hero once in a while. I mean, it's not a great spot to get paid, but. This is one of the problems with playing speculative hands. Even when you hit, you also have to get paid. I know. Getting tough. Implied odds, you know, implied odds were like the cool thing to talk about like 11 years ago in poker. Yeah. And, you know, still obviously they're important, but it was as if when implied odds were first being talked about, like it was a guarantee. Like, yeah, like you're definitely getting the whole stack if you hit your set. Yeah. But that's obviously not the case. I actually, I played a hand in um, a recent main event that we both played in uh, on the coast. Ah, yeah. At the uh, Chinook Main, where someone raised, there were a bunch of callers I called like in late position with two fours. And then the big blind put in a three bet, which was kind of a big three bet, but everyone called and it was to me. And I like, and I was a little bit short. And I sat there and I like did the math in my head. I'm like, I'm getting like 15 to one, not like on the, with, with implied odds from yeah. that guy's stack, including that guy's stack plus the pot and all right. that. I was like, I think I just have to call. So I called, I flopped a set. Um, we, uh, he bet big. If a few people almost like called and I was like praying for it. he bet really big, which was great. It folded to me and I was like, I guess I'm just moving in, even though like like if I call it looks so strong anyway, I might as well yeah. just move in. And it was like a nine high board or something like that. I moved in and he tanked for like minutes and then folded what I gotta believe is ace king. Because I'm sure he was gonna call it an over pair. Yeah. But um but it was just one of those things where so like I didn't actually get my fifteen to one, but I probably got like seven to one on my actual investment or something like that. Seven and a half, eight, which is okay. But you want to do better than that, man. Yeah. You really do. So I was like, I guess that was good enough, barely. But ugh, like, I kind of needed him to call with aces some, a, lot of, a lot there. And like, if he folded an overpair, then it's a disaster. Yes, in some it ways. Is. Like, I, need, I, need the, I need the overpair to go. But I got to believe, like, he bet like 6,600. I moved in for like 17,000. Like, oh, he's yeah. calling with an overpair. If, you know? if he's not, it's bad. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, there's nothing you can do. That's, that was part of it, too. It's like, I'm getting called if he has it. So. Right. Anyway, this just goes back to that same thing. Like, you flop a set, but getting paid is tough. Yep. Bottom set, you should be able to get paid on ace-high boards, you'd yep. think. But this specific scenario makes it a little harder, especially Agreed. considering that we can't get paid because we're losing, as Clayton here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that does make it harder. Yep. All right. You know, there is a, there is a card in the deck that could save Clayton. The four. He could make quads. Because if did, he does. We did tease quads. Oh, if he does. Is uh, Art going to fold top full house on the river? And we're going to have to destroy him for that, aren't we? Like, just destroy him. If he folds aces full, even though Clayton has quads. Let's just wait and see how okay. the, the hand plays out. You're the guy who always decisions. destroys people in these spots. I'm not the guy who destroys people. I used to be the guy who defended everyone, and you would destroy them. No, you, always, you destroy people for, for folding correctly all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Folding correctly? Yeah. You mean like if, if they could see the cards? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's correct, but it's like... No, you never think folding's correct. <laughs> well, it's usually not. <laughs> anyway. You're always getting a price. Yeah, There's always I, a price. It's always pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you never have to be right even half the time, so it feels great, you know? Just put the chips in, man. Whatever. So Art's going to fold top, top full house here? That was going to happen? I, I guess mean, we'll find get, out. I'll just say this. If he has a read... 
<laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> Let's find out. Okay, right. what's the river? The river is the Ace of Hearts. Oh, so Art made quad. We tricked you all. Oh, you're all fools. A seven four Queen Ace. Played you all like a puppet master. I did. And not diamonds. Not the Ace of Diamonds. No, not the Ace of Diamonds because Art has the Ace of Diamonds. Okay. Um. Yeah. So now it's now Art has quads and Clayton has bottom full house. Yeah. This card, while any overcard pairing when you have bottom set should usually be scary when a lot of action has gone in. In this specific scenario against Art's range, it does not change Art's potential hand strength at all. Unless Art had exactly Ace-Queen. Right, Ace-Queen. But we don't think he has Ace-Queen because he's three-bet preflop. We think he's probably flatting that preflop. I don't know. With the straddle in, he's probably flatting that preflop. But if, what's his face? What's his face? Clayton? Yeah. Clayton is opening two fours. Maybe he's opening pretty wide in Art's. Well, if Art's three-betting Ace-Queen, he should be betting the flop. Right. I agree with you. I agree with you. Because that means he's three-betting a lot of other stuff, yeah. too. Yeah. That's a fair point. So I think we can probably say he doesn't, okay. really. I don't know if that's true or not, but sure. I, I Let's go with that. That makes sense. All right. So now, now this is the other question. We have quad aces on a yeah. dry board. It's like, well, God, I mean, I'm glad there's 8,000 in there, but how am I ever going to get any more money? Like, well, and, the thing, and Clayton checked back the turn. He's usually got bluffs. Um, but now we, and now we know Clayton doesn't have ace queen or anything like that. Ace right. Jack. He, doesn't have, he doesn't have ace anything. Yeah. What is he supposed to have? Like he probably doesn't have two queens because he probably would have bet the turn on that. He's probably yeah. got like two tens or something, right? Yeah, maybe. I so, don't know. Super hard to get paid no matter what. But here's the thing: if he has two tens and we check, he's gonna check. Yeah, for sure. He's gonna check pretty much everything. If he has two tens, he knows he can't really get us off of kings that easily. Now, no way. Know? He's not going to try. Yeah. Maybe you could get us to fold jacks. Maybe. Maybe. But that's, that's, why would you take us? Just give up, man. Like, you can't, you can't take that shot to fold that one, one, one hand yeah. only. It's th- four, six so, combos. Whatever. So I really like what Art does here because I think he figures kind of all of these things out quickly and decides the best thing to do is to bet small. Yeah. And I think that's probably right. Yeah. Do you agree? Um, I think it probably is. Rather than give Clayton a really tough decision, let's do two things. One, give him a relatively easy decision with a showdownable hand. And maybe induce once in a while. We could induce, like, because Art bets fourteen hundred into eight thousand. I mean, it looks like a blocking bet to me, right? Like, so he could have kings here. He right? could have kings, and Clayton could be like, okay, when now he bets did, this size, yeah. my nines are never good enough. But, but he's gonna fold to a raise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're really sort of forced to attack with nines, jacks, and tens. Yeah, actually, anything here that yeah. Clayton really can have that isn't monster value. That's this is actually a pretty great play by Art. I think. Yeah, like Clayton would be. Clayton would be crazy not to raise this, I think, even though it turns out Art has quads. <laughs> yeah. Like, Clayton's definitely supposed to attack this. Yeah. So I think this is a great play by Art here. Yeah. Um, luckily for Art, he doesn't have to have all these nuanced things happen. Like, Clayton has yeah. four is full here. Clayton really has to raise this. He absolutely when, has to raise. He can't let Art get away with the sizing. No way. I mean, you're like, well, maybe I'm really lucky and Art somehow has ace-king. Yeah. It's possible. I mean, of course, this is uh, contradictory because we're saying like Clayton has to raise as a bluff if he has nines or tens, but I he has know. to raise for value with fours. Well, we said we said really lucky, though, yeah, right, with for him to have ace king, like, right? Because usually you don't think he's going to have that. You usually think he's just going to fold, but your hand's too strong not to raise here. Yeah, when when the guy bets so little, we can't let him get away with the sizing. This is a theme that we've had for a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of our breakdowns is like we just can't let him get away with the sizing. Just can't let him do it. Nope. I think if Art bets six k, Clayton just calls. Yeah, because Clayton, because you, and you'd think like, oh, do you have queen, queen? Yeah. Like, yeah. Because you figure if he has, 
Yeah, maybe you have queen queen. Maybe even have king king in our betting, but like it's unlikely. If I our guess. bet six k and Clayton makes it, you know, seventeen k. What's Art going to do with ace king? He might fold that. I have a feeling he wouldn't fold if it's the oh, trip. Oh, really? Did you forget about the last hand we did with Art? Oh yeah. He did fall. They were a lot deeper, though. He was trying to protect from losing, like, a, a huge pot. They were, like, 50K deep. Art's 50K deep? Or no. Clayton isn't. Clayton is. Clayton is. Art's 27K I mean, it's deep. only going to cost us 10K more on the river with ace-king. And when it goes check-check on the turn, I think you're sort of forced to call a raise with ace-king, don't you? I mean, it's. I guess it's your best bluff catcher. It's a great bluff catcher. And the guy maybe will think, like, ace-jack is good. Uh, it's hard to talk myself into this, really. Yeah. I'm just trying to come up with reasons, man. <laughs> you always like calling. Yeah, I do. I'm like, this is one of my best hands I call. Yep. That's what I would say. That's why you're down $1.3 million in poker. In but life. I feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true for those who didn't realize that. I don't feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. But let's go to the real situation here. Where our okay. bet's 1400 Clayton raises. He yeah. has to. Yeah. He raises to seven k, And, uh, you know, just hoping for a call. You know, hero me, buddy. Just like hero me or have ace king and call because yep. you feel like you should call. That's uh, fine. And here's the reason this is suggested for the breakdown by Chatham Tanning, by the way. Oh, the greatest. Chatham Tanning, yeah. Um, he was great in The reason up. this is suggested, I think, although I do think this is an interesting situation overall, and it's fun to talk about these decisions that are fundamental to poker that aren't flashy, but we have to think about them. Yeah. Like, it's great to talk about. Um, but this is the, the flashy part. Art moves in, which is reasonable. I think it's half a second before Clayton folds. It reminds, Snap me, folds. reminds me of Phil Locke against Johnny Chan that time when Phil Locke had a set of sevens and improved to a full house on the river. Yeah. Johnny Chan had ace jacket and fold to a, improved to a better full house on the river. Phil Locke bet folded like instantly, instantly against Johnny Chan and then said, I was bluffing. Yep. Same kind of a thing. Yep. Yeah. So he snap folds. And I think that he, that's probably correct. I mean, maybe snap folding is never correct. Maybe you should take some time. And be sure before I mean, folding. He, he this has big a event. plan. He yeah. definitely has a plan, though. He's he has like, a plan, but still, maybe like let yourself have a moment to breathe and think it through yeah. one more time. I agree. Yeah, but in fairness, he's he's sitting there and he's thinking, and he's got to be right. Art's never three betting with Ace King, and he's, he's never going to call. He's never taking Kings or like Ace King for some reason turning it into a bluff. Like, no, that seems yeah. crazy at this point. Yeah, so Art doesn't really have bluffs, right? No, Clayton can have Ace Queen if he, you know, Clayton yeah. can have all the things. Yeah, Clayton absolutely can have ace-queen. So That's the nuts. Yeah. Although Art... You can't snap fold if Clayton's worried that Art's afraid of Clayton having ace-queen all the time because we have to put Art on like some other full houses like sevens full to, to fold here easily. Like if Art's not going to raise sevens full, maybe we can't snap fold. I'm not saying Art can't raise... I don't, I don't know if Art would raise sevens full or not. But the point is... Um, Art would never re-raise ace-king, right? No, he would not. So if we have pocket fours, we have bottom full house, it, then what, we can't beat anything. Yeah. No, that's true. So we can snap fold. Because whether, whether Art can have sevens in his range or not, since he can't have anything worse than sevens, doesn't matter. He probably doesn't have sevens because of pre-flop. I but think he would just call. He'd sort of like, like roll his eyes and just call and be like, yeah. I, I might be good. I'm probably good. I mean, Clayton's probably mostly putting Art on queen-queen here. It would be my guess. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then you're like, cause you're like, as art, you're like, I'm blocking ace queen, yeah. ace queen. And like, so Clayton has this like a seven suited now. Yeah. Like so unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm blocking queen, queen. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So, um, I think so. And maybe, maybe when art moves in like that, you're also like it's queen, queen or it's ace queen. Usually 
Yeah. Like, even though he shouldn't have Ace Queen, it can be Ace Queen. Like, look what just happened. Now it can be Ace Queen. Right? Yep. That's what I would think. Like, I didn't think it could be. I guess it could be. Right. I think this is a good play by Clayton here. Yeah. I think he played it well. I think both players played this hand well. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. It's interesting, though. If Art bets the flop, it's possible they get it all in. Really it is quickly. quite possible. but Like on, on the turn, maybe? We thought he kind of had to anyway. Check it just because of the situation. I, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I think it's still something to think more about. You know, I don't know if it's as cut and dried as we're saying. I, I mean, I guess I'm not saying it's cut and dried anyway. Um, well, maybe I'll like fight the fight of building a pot versus, and balancing that against wanting to get some value. Maybe I'll have some dreams about it and figure it out. In my dreams. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go over some of my hand histories of the 1.3 million, that yeah. 1.3 million downswing. Just see if, how I played stuff and <laughs> tell you about it. I offer coaching if you need some coaching. On how to like go through the hand histories. I feel comfortable with how I do it. Okay, good. <laughs> I also feel really comfortable with all my decisions in that 1.3 million downswing. Somehow playing 25 cent, 50 cent, 1.3 million down. I mean, you will not believe the run of bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> like... I have fours, they have fives, you know? Yeah. I have sixes, they have kings. They just go all in pray. What am I supposed to do, fold? I have jack <laughs> 10, they four bet. I call. <laughs> I flop an open ender. The board pairs, they move in, I call. <laughs> I get there. Doesn't matter. <laughs> None of this is true. <laughs> no, no, Jonathan is not on a $1.3 million downswing. Thank God. Yeah, it's Thank nice. Not to, no downswing, actually. No downswings. No downswings. It's nice. I've never had more than like a month-long downswing in poker. Feels great. Never more than a month long, huh? Yeah, and I played a lot of cash, as you know. Yeah. Like I used to play cash professionally, and I don't think it's literally ever been more than like three or four weeks, and usually more like a week and a half. Yeah. It's great. i more of a tournament guy, so... Yeah, that's different. Like, I've definitely gotten 30 tournaments in a row without cashing. Sure, yeah. sure. That makes sense. Yeah, if I, if I was just looking at my tournament history, I'm sure there's something similar to that. I definitely have gone, in fact, I know this, over the course of, I think, at least two tournaments, maybe three, and it was like 10 hours of actual play, I did not win a single hand. I remember that. Wow. It was incredible. Not that's, a single pot. That's impressive. Yeah. Are we telling bad beat stories now? I got one. Um, uh, uh, we haven't yet, but I guess you can it's tell. It's not a first. bad beat story. It's oh, just okay. a bad luck story. It's All fun. Right. It involves a bad beat story. Just get to it. Okay. <laughs> I think it was the 2015 <laughs> World Series of Poker. Yeah. Um, got there. Was there for like three weeks for one of the periods I was there. And over the course of the first eight days, mm-hmm. I played poker an average of like 10 to 11 hours a day playing tournaments and cash every day. Did not get pocket aces one time until the very end of the eighth day. Got it all in pre-flop in a tournament for 60 blinds against pocket fours and lost. (laughs) So that was fun. See, the poker guys are trying to spare you of that pain, but you just had to get it in anyway. (laughs) Why do you think you hadn't gotten it all that time? You're you're just destined to lose with that hand. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Anyway, if anybody's still listening, thanks. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that was well played by both players. Cool. Yeah, it was fun. All right, we're done. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue tied. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make.